beautiful. Welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast, the place to be to learn how to get anything you want, whether it's more money, more customers, or even to get your kiddo to go to bed on time or your spouse to help with the laundry. I'm your host, Kendrick Shope, and welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast. Kendrick Shope Show. I have missed you so incredibly much. Uh, we're in a brand new office, in a brand new house, in a brand new everything here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And problem number one is the office has hardwood floors and I have a terrible echo, hence the uh, headphones until we get carpet down. So if you're wondering why I have on earphones, I'm, I'm in my pretend to be a disc jockey stage today. It is my honor to have Tracy Crossley here with us today, and she is going to tell you how to make more money using energy. Business women, welcome Boss Lady Tracy. Thank you for being here. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, it is my total pleasure. You know, one of the things I do, Tracy, is I give people really tangible steps through selling to make more money because as you know, the, the definition of selling is the exchange of money for a product or service. And so when I first discovered that there's this whole other component of making money that isn't necessarily about the tangible steps, I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what are you talking about? Energy to make more money? Is that even possible? But it is, right? Yep, it is. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. So, so we're going to dive into energy. We are going to dive into making more money and we are going to just have a great, great time here today. So thank you for being here. You know, Tracy, the first thing I, I, I'll confess, probably our audience knows more about energy, as I told you before the show, than I do. I, I know it's there. I know it exists. Probably one of my first memories of even knowing that it existed came later in my life, probably my mid thirties after I had Hallianna. And I realized that when I was panicky and I was a panicky mom, she was panicky. And when I would calm, she would calm. And now I see it when her daddy walks in the door, she's wild as a buck. I mean, we could be like vegging out on the couch. The only thing that changes is he walks in the door and I'm like, Oh my God, leave that energy outside of my house. And my husband is like, what are you talking about? So it exists, right? It, I mean, you can literally walk into a room and feel it and see it and experience it. But why do we lose that? Why did it take me 30 years to even know that? I assume I was born innately knowing that energy existed. So what happens? Well, most of us get in our heads because our society is all about thinking. Our society is all about a linear path. It's about black and white, intellectualizing everything. And so most of us, when we're kids, we have certain goals and they're linear goals, right? You grow up, you get the white picket fence, you get 2.5 children. I don't know what the 0.5 is, but- I always wondered that myself. <laughs> so, you know, you go on this path that's laid out for you if you're following supposedly what society says. And then I know most people, if they don't know anything about energy, they come to a point in their life where perhaps they've been following this path. I was one of those people that followed that path until my whole life kind of blew apart at one point when I got divorced. And for me at that time, I was wondering what the heck is going on with me. I couldn't figure out my feelings because I had really been intellectual. I intellectualized everything. And my whole goal was not to feel any emotions. So part of energy is emotional. It's, it's basically 
emotional in terms of how it's inside of you because you have core beliefs and your core beliefs came to being through emotional events that happened outside of you. And so they have a certain energy to them. Your belief, like if you have a belief that you don't have worth or you don't have value or you have positive beliefs, well then your emotions go along with that and it gives you an energy. Plus you have energy as a being anyways. I mean, people have auras and all of that. I can go 52 different ways talking about energy. So, you know, just for the purpose of how we let our heads get in the way of it, and then we try to corral it in, it doesn't work. At least it didn't work when it came to me and what I do for a living and how I make my money. So one of your signature, kind of your signature thing, or one of the things that you talk about is intuitive reinvention, correct? Yes. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> do, I, do I have all day? Because your, your business is founded on this, right? But give me, give me, give me an idea of what that means. <laughs> well, basically, it means to go about life intuitively. And most people think, oh, my God, that's crazy. But it's not that you say, oh, no, I don't have any goals. I'm out in outer space. It's not like that. It's basically you are allowing the innate you, the authentic you, to lead your life because actually what ends up happening is if you allow that part of yourself to lead and it doesn't mean that you don't use your thinking brain but your thinking brain is a computer and it should be used for computer like uh, things that you need to do in your life okay so when it comes to the innate part of you the intuition that's already inside of you and it's basically allowing that to motivate you and having a certain trust of yourself most of us don't trust ourselves and we don't trust life. And so that's why we're always thinking, we're always worried, we're always wondering. But if you actually trust yourself, you can kind of relax and you put energy in a direction as far as taking action and things start to happen, but you don't force it. So it sounds so esoteric, but that's pretty much the way I would describe it. So one of the things I read once when I was, again, literally just kind of discovering what energy means, at least as far as I understand it, was it was in a Martha Beck book. And she said, I'm, I'm going to misquote it because it's been five years since I've read it, but something along the lines of, uh, you know, if, 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 you, if a baseball was coming towards your face, you would instinctively, most people would duck. I'm not sure I would. My husband says I have the reaction time of a sloth, but most people would duck. And then that is your intuition. That is your body's knowing. Is that accurate? Is that a good way to describe it? That would be a good way to describe it, but we do all sorts of things to block it. And that's where the problems come in. So how are we blocking our intuition? So, so let me, let me back up. So if our intuition is there to guide us and, and protect us and help us make right choices or whatever, what are ways that we block it? We tend to overthink things and we tend to force our will upon life. <laughs> I don't know anybody who does that. <laughs> I used to do that. So I know exactly what that's like. I, I used to be called a triple A personality. Okay. Oh my gosh. Now I'm just an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I want to talk about this because there's a fun, and I don't know what the line is. So maybe you can help me since you went from triple A to just A, but there's a fine line between, you know, force your will on life. There's also this balancing act of not giving up and going after what you want, right? And so how do you know when you've crossed over into I'm forcing my will and blocking my intuition? You can feel it. So when you feel depleted, when you feel like you're hitting a wall, 
those are indications that you are mentally trying to force something. Sometimes in life, and, and I, this is what I believe and this is what I've learned, I have no idea what wants to come through me to basically be the next step in my life. Now, I have certain preferences as to what I want that to be, obviously. I do have goals, but I don't know how I'm going to get there and I leave that open. So what that means is I start to go in a direction. I start to do the things that would make sense towards that goal. But I'm not hooked into an outcome that it has to be a specific way. I sort of let life guide me. And it turns out a hell of a lot better than if I was forcing my will. Because usually if you're forcing your will, you're doing it the same way you've always done things. And so if you really want to have a breath of fresh energy in, in terms of the creative energy inside of you, because we're all creative, then you have to learn to trust that there is a path that you may not know and how you're going to get there. And it could turn out a lot better than you ever thought it would. Okay. So let me ask a really specific question. So let's say that I am plant, which is true. I am planning a sales school launch and I want to make, I'm just going to give some astronomical number, a hundred million dollars off of sales school launch. That's my goal. And I am taking the steps that I know to take to get there how do I not be attached to that outcome? I mean, if I, if I'm expecting to make a hundred million dollars, which I'm not, by the way, I use that number on purpose, but a hundred million dollars and I only make a thousand. How am I not attached to that outcome? If I've spent a whole year planning towards that and it doesn't turn out the way I hoped it would. Right. Well, you would obviously have to deal with the disappointment of that. And the problem is that most of us, we get caught up in that number. Like, why do you need it to be that number to begin with? I'm not saying it's wrong or you shouldn't have it. But what I'm saying is I usually know why I'm choosing something. If I'm choosing, you know, I'm in business and I have programs I launch and obviously I'm making money. And so I don't get tied up in like this year, I have a certain goal financially and I just know inside I'm going to hit that goal but I'm not tied up in it like, oh my God, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to lose my mind. I just, I can feel it. Okay. So let me ask, can I ask a follow-up question to that? Sure. So tell me, about, that makes perfect sense to me. I understand that until you've got somebody who's got maybe too much skin in the game. So mm -hmm. let's say somebody's launching towards whatever and they've put $100,000 on Facebook ads. So they put their life savings into this. Maybe that wasn't a smart choice, whatever. Maybe they thought they were trusting their intuition. I don't know. But now it's not just, I didn't hit the number. It's this little bit of, oh, mother of God. I not only didn't hit my number, but what do I do now? I've made a choice, a decision that didn't turn out the way that I thought it would turn. I didn't hit the number. Then what do you do? Well, there's a couple things and being an entrepreneur, since I've been one since I was about seven years old, the thing is, is that there's no such, you're not dead. Okay. So it doesn't mean game over. It means that perhaps there's something else that you are going to need to be open to. I mean, it's not the be all end all. And when people get so tied up in that, that's where you screw yourself because you're basically limiting Perfect. what can happen. I understand that perfectly. And if I understand that, that means everybody understands it. So we're good there. Okay, keep going. So you said there are a couple of things. Sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. So basically for me, because I've had a million things that I find have been disappointing. So when I've done something like that, because I have put programs out there and they have failed, but I don't look at it like, oh my God, it's a total failure. I look at what meaning I'm giving to it. Because if you set a goal, you have a certain meaning you're tying up in it. And you got to go, why? 
what is my meaning? Is it that it's going to give me a sense of validation? Is it that I really feel like I've got to excel, you know, from here to here in, you know, six months? What is it? You have to know what it is that drives you. And either it's an innate motivation, okay, which I call passion, or it's a drive, which comes from some kind of dysfunctional belief that you have. So which one is it? Like what? Give me an example of a dysfunctional belief you might have, someone might have, (laughs) I might have. I've got plenty of them. So, you know, when I was in business years ago, I was completely driven. My whole focus, I was a workaholic. I was always working. Okay. But don't ask me what goal I was actually trying to get to. (laughs) It was this drive to get up every morning and to fill my head with problems and solutions. And that's what would get me going where I could just ignore what was going on inside of me. I could ignore other parts of my life too. So often when you get so tied into something outside of you like that, you're looking to make yourself feel better. And when you don't make yourself feel better, that's when you get so disappointed. Instead of having, you know, I would say expectations that are in alignment with what you're doing. In other words, enjoy the freaking journey. Because... Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) My grandmother is so funny. My grandmother used to do that. When she would get frustrated, she would go, oh. And I completely agree with you. However, I used to have a pillow that somebody gave me that said, embrace the journey or enjoy the journey. And one day I looked at it and thought, I flipping hate the journey. I don't want to enjoy the journey. I want to be there already. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I interrupted you, but it, and, I, and I've done that a lot because I, I'm, I'm soaking in everything you're telling me because it's brilliant. And it is such a shift in the way that a lot of us think. And it's, it's as I said, I'm learning. I am, I am an, I'm a student of this and I want to know more because I believe in it. I know that it exists. I have lots of questions. So how do you enjoy the journey when the freaking journey isn't fun? Okay, so here's another part to this. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so in this gets, I, I don't want to make it complicated, so I'm trying to keep it really simple. Yeah, please well, do. You have to ask yourself why you cannot accept where you are. What's wrong with where you are? Most people struggle with where they are their whole freaking life. In other words, I've had clients who have been very successful. And I had one in particular, he was in another country and he was in wealth management and his deal was everybody always wanted to do business with him, like in heads of state wanting to do business with him. And he would start to do business and and it would become successful. He said, I'd climb the mountain, I'd get to the top of the mountain and everything would be, you know, oh my God, we're so successful. We've made all this money, so on and so forth. And then he'd be looking around going, okay, now what? What's next? Yeah. And then he would always be getting to the top of the mountain hoping for that sense of fulfillment and it never came. So you have to be enjoying the journey because that's where the fulfillment is. So that when you get to the destination, which is to me, it's just like a a travel stop along the way, you know, those rest stops. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, okay, I'm at this rest stop. Let's see, I've achieved this, great. Now I'm gonna get back on the road and I'm gonna see what's on the road as I get to the next destination. Because that's when you look back when you're 80, 90 years old and you go, wow, I love how my life has been. Otherwise, you're always going to be in search of, and you're never going to get there. You're always going to try to climb another mountain going, where's the fulfillment? And to me, that matters. So I'm curious how money plays into this. So I'll give you an example. I, I, I thoroughly believe that money does not make you happy. I also thoroughly believe lack of money can make you miserable. 
Uh, I also always joke and no disrespect towards anybody who is independently wealthy, but I, I joke that, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it seems, I don't know. So from the outside, it seems really easy to be soulful and happy and change the world. If you have bazillions of dollars, if you don't have to worry about how am I going to make my mortgage payment? How am I going to put my kids through school? How am I going to pay our light bill? I mean, those are almost uh, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Some of our most, some of those are our most basic needs. So how does money, you know, if you're, if you're broke, how does money or lack of money fit into this enjoying the journey? Because when I've not had a lot of money, I haven't been super happy. Is that an energy thing, a circumstance thing? Well, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> and we're done. That's all you get. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well, no. My journey has been quite the journey in that way. So I have actually um, spent a good portion of the time that I've been in business. So I've been in this business for 10 years and I've had several businesses. So uh, let's see, I went from unemployed, I lost everything, you know, my house, all of that, uh, living at someone else's house. I have three grown kids and my youngest was still in high school, you know, finishing up high school at the time. So um, went through a lot and ended up having to go bankrupt. And pretty much you talk about financial ruin, right? So I realized that I had some really crappy beliefs around money. I realized that the energy I put out about money was a huge block to it coming to me. And it wasn't so much that I was in a place of, oh, I hate money, money's bad. It was that I felt like I couldn't have it. I felt like I could only have so much. And I didn't grow up without money, but it was just this belief I had. So long story short, I really worked on the belief I had around money. And at the same time, I made sure I was present in my journey, even though at times it was so painful. And so about, what is this, 2018? It's like, what year is it at this point, right? They go so fast. I know. Um, yeah, I think it was about four years ago when it started to shift. And literally, I was very open and money basically, I'm not like, oh, money just comes flowing in. But in a sense, it does. It's like I set financial goals and they happen. And I, you know, I cannot complain about how money comes to me. And I use it sort of as a partner. I don't know how to explain it because it's kind of, it sounds like it's way out there. But it's that I have this partnership with money. And then I know money is always flowing to me. It's the weirdest thing, but I really believe it. So, so, and I've heard Grant Cardone of all people who is probably the least, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly making an assumption. I know Grant, so he'll probably tell me I'm being mean because he tells me I'm mean. He's told me I'm mean before, but um, mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Grant Cardone told me I'm mean. No, he told me I hurt his feelings, but anyway, whatever, Grant. You, you and I can take that up privately. So um, I'm joking, everyone. So, but I, I've heard Grant Cardone in his book say, you know, there's no shortage of money. The, the, the money there's money's out there. It is out there to be made. Uh, there are people who don't have enough money, but what, you know, and so. It's all in here. So, yeah. So is it, hmm, I got off on a tangent a little bit or off, I took a side sidebar here. So is it that, is it your thoughts around money? Is it the energy around money? Is it both? Are those two different things? There's a whole lot there, but it, because it sounds to me like you changed some of your thoughts about money, which then in turn changed your energy towards money. Is that accurate? It was the other way around. 
So my, tell me about that. Yeah. My thoughts reflect how I feel inside. So I, I mean, there are a lot of things that I have done to move myself. I have broken some of my beliefs. I have broken patterns and a lot of that then in turn goes to creating the thoughts that I have. So there's a great book called the science of getting rich. I don't know if you've ever I've read it. Wallace it's fantastic. Wallace. Yes. I highly recommend it to yes. everyone. Yes. So do I. Uh, in fact, my fiance and my son were in the car the other day and guess what we put on? That's what we put on. I love it. Yeah. It's okay. So, but that was one of the things I would listen to daily for the longest time. Really? If, yes. But that's not the key to everything, but it does help because one of the things that he says is if you're going to go and you want gold and you think that there's not enough gold, if you believe that there is gold, there will be gold in those mountains. And to me, that's how I tried to live. But I had to remove a lot of the blocks that I had to that. Because if you don't feel it, like let's say you're thinking, I'm a millionaire. Well, great that you're thinking that, but do you feel like a millionaire? Probably not. So if you don't feel like one, you're not going to attract it. You have to feel it. That energy has to be in alignment with it. If it's out of alignment, then it's not going to happen. Or it may happen way down the line, but it's not going to happen today. Okay. So where would you say people who are watching, who are, you know, at various stages in their business, where, and then where should they start? Because, you know, maybe you can, but it's hard to, and this would be the wrong thing to do. I'm using this, this language intentionally, but it's hard to force yourself to feel something that you don't feel or is it? Well, you really can't do that. And that's okay. why you have to get past your negative core beliefs. You have to be able to change the patterns. You have to look at how you look at reality through a little tiny pinhole of what is possible. And then what you have to do is you have to go, okay, I've been looking for evidence that my version of reality is true. Well, you know, if I'm poor, then I'm looking every day for evidence that says I'm poor. So you have to actually change how you see reality. Yes. Uh, this is a sales job. This is a sales job. So, I mean, really, if you, if, if you believe, so the, one of the five foundations of authentic selling is belief. If you believe that you're poor and then you go out and find supporting evidence, if I'm understanding this yep, correctly, yep, yep. then you will be poor. It's yep. just like if, if you're going to sell an amazing coaching program and you are not sold on the program, you can't sell it to anybody else because yep. you've got to know the difference that you're making in the lives of others. You got to know why people are going to pay you what you're asking. And if you can't answer those questions, you're going to be broke. And it's so, true. It's yeah. Okay. I understand that. that that's tangible. I get that. Yeah. Get I that. mean, I was in sales for a long time. I was in sales management. I trained salespeople. I've done the whole thing, uh, which is another story in and of itself. But the thing is, when I used to sell to people, I always went in and I developed a relationship. Yep. And my whole thing was about giving people what I felt, not thought, but what I felt they needed. Because if I was doing that, I was making a connection and I was never shoving anything in their face going, oh, you got to take this, you got to do this. This is the best thing for you. It was never like that. And I probably have that in me still because I feel like what I do is valuable as in what I create it comes from a creative place it doesn't come from this drive like i've got to do it if i don't do it everything's just going to go to crap in a handbasket so i really look at where it comes from and that's where people have to look where is your motivation coming from for this outcome you're saying you want to have that seems so impossible in your life and then you have to work on how you see the reality 
So, yes. so where's the motivation coming from? So I'm going to throw out some possible motivations and you tell me, okay, you, you tell me what to do with that. So let's say the motivation is, uh, I want to make money. I want to support my family. I want to provide for my family. I want my daughter to be able to go to Harvard. Is that, what do I do with that? Okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> you have to look at why you want it. So, so the importance of it, right? So you've got to know, well, why is this important to me? And this is not a mental question. It's more of a feeling question. A lot of people, when they're trying to prove something to other people, for example, which is a big reason people need to set those kind of goals. It's not the only reason, but if it's about proving something to other people or being in competition with other people, because again, competition versus creation, and that's in that book as well, it's that you end up with a very limited outcome and you're going to be yes. lucky to get there. It can feel like you're scraping to get there. It yes. is me a horrible journey. So if I am in a place of, wow, you know what? I'd really like my kid to go to Harvard. Then I'm going to, it's kind of out there. And then what I do is I make sure that I am, my motivation is in alignment with whatever comes that I need to do. I mean, there's a lot of synchronicity in this world and not that I'm telling people to go base a business on synchronicity because I am a thinking person as well. It's not that I'm completely out there, but it's that you have to understand why you do what you do and why you want what you want. Yeah. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, what I have learned after doing this business for six years is that is evolving for me anyway. And it, and I just feel like recently, I mean, like in the last week or two, I've gotten even more clear on that just by, I mean, it, it's, it's always been about helping people, but there's this new passion that's been ignited in me about, no, actually it's your obligation. Your people are suffering, not mine everybody's my customers people are suffering and every day that you don't sell them every day that you don't raise your hand and say this is how I can help we're allowing them to suffer whether they want to build a business whether they want to lose weight whether they need to work on their energy it is your obligation to serve and that's what I think has has been missing I'm, I'm kind of like on fire like a Southern Baptist preacher about this so I get it <laughs> So, okay. So there's, so there's one motivation. Let's, let's throw a few more out, a few more that I've heard. So what if the motivation is I want to help people. I want to impact the world. What, what do we, how do we impact that? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm laughing because it's another zinger, of course. Uh, mm. so the deal I'm, is I'm, I'm intentionally giving you zingers. <laughs> totally fine. I mean, I don't mind sharing at all because frankly, it's what I do for a living. So right. when it comes to why you want to save the world, You've got to go and get a mirror and you've got to look in it. And you got to, first of all, make sure that you have saved yourself. In other words, we tend to want to rescue other people for validation. We're not rescuing other people because it's generosity of spirit. This is not everyone, by the way. But when you're totally detached, when you're in your head and you're not, I want to say, fully empowered, whole, you're coming from a place of trying to take your own suffering away by focusing on someone else. And so what you do is you're basically avoiding you and you don't want to avoid you. You want to know, well, why do I want to go help people? I help people every day. When I first started out, I was a rescuer. I'm rescuing and fixing everybody's life. And what about my own? Oh, pff, you know, I don't have an emotional life. I don't, I don't have feelings. I don't have problems. I mean, literally at one point in my life, I thought I was problem free, which is hilarious, but it was this whole drive for so long. And then 
as I did this work to remove all these obstacles and to get real with myself and to be authentic, I found that what I have can help people in a way that doesn't cost me and it doesn't make me disconnect from my own life and pour it into theirs. You can always tell when people are doing that because then they're attached to what the other people do. I need Oh, this was me the first few years in business. I was so attached to my customers' outcomes because I thought if they didn't succeed, it meant I was a bad coach or it meant that they were going to tell other people about how bad I was. And I really have only recently learned to let go of that as well. Uh, you know, I, 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 whether that's a six year reputation of, of, of whatever, or whether it's just, you know what, I don't, I don't need that. I can't do the work for you. I can say the lawnmower, but you got to get on the lawnmower and start the freaking thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, okay. All right. Fair enough. So let's, let's start, you know, you've had such great things here. Uh, one of the things that I love is, uh, is this idea that you can't save others if you haven't saved yourself. So how do we know, how do our listeners and viewers know if they need to start, which we probably all do, with saving themselves first? Like, give me some guideposts along the way, if you will, to say this is where you start. Pay attention to your thoughts. If your thoughts are about other people all the time, whether it's what they're doing, whether it's how they're going to judge you, whatever it happens to be, if your head is filled with other people, you are not connected to yourself. There are no original thoughts going on. See, there's a difference between being in reaction to what you think might happen because of other people versus taking action. Action is innate. Action is tied to your energy. Action is not decided because of what's going on outside of you. It's decided because of what's going on inside of you. So if you pay attention to your thoughts and you're like, oh my God, all I'm doing is thinking about all these people all day long, then what you have to do is you have to not abruptly go, oh, well, I'm not going to think about that anymore. But you want to take yourself and go, all right, I'm going to focus on me and then see how hard that is. When you see how hard it is, you're going to go, oh, my God, I'm having such a hard time doing this. Now what? Then you're going to distract yourself or you're going to numb out or you're going to do whatever you can to not feel what's going on inside of you. You have to keep redirecting it to know what is going on inside of you. You have to feel your feelings. You have to know what is driving you. You have to know why you seek validation from other people. There is a term called self-validation. To do that, these are just two basic ways that I'm saying just to start looking. Yeah, that's what we're looking for, yep. Yeah. Because it's, it's much more than that, and that's hard enough. Like if you start doing it, you'll go, oh my God, I had no idea. And you might yeah. even be overwhelmed by it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Last, last question here. So one of the things that I said, I absolutely, we must tap into is this whole money thing. So uh, you said, you know, one of the things that you've learned to do is I, I need another client and another client shows up or I need another this and this shows up uh, for anybody watching who, who, who says that sounds like magic. How do we get that magic in our life? I want me some of those magic beans. How do we do that? Well, it goes back to something you said. Okay, so I like that though, the magic beads and you know, and, and setting up an altar and then doing all this other stuff. And you know, that's great. If you believe it will work, it will work. But there's something in you that says it won't work and it won't work. So basically, for example, I've had things that I've offered business-wise and haven't done very well. 
And I have found when they don't, it's because I am not totally in. I'm not really believing in what I'm either putting out there, which is what you were talking about. I'm not really in it. But when I say things like, you know what, it'd be great if I had another client and I say it just like that and I'll forget about it. And then hours later, I'm like, oh my God, I got another client because I have a total open pathway to it. First of all, I totally believe in what I do. I don't doubt what I do. I know what I do works. So I have a confidence that I carry about it. I think that also helps because in the beginning I didn't, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. And people are like, Oh my God, what you do is great. And I'm like, what is it I'm doing? That's great. Yeah. I didn't really get it. So it really is about being in alignment with yourself. When you're in alignment with yourself, you can draw anything to you. I have, I mean, I could tell you stories about the things that I have drawn to me by really being authentic and authentic isn't all positive, by the way, authentic is accepting that you have negative emotions and feeling those negative emotions. It is about being real, not fake, because you will never draw anything to you that is of value, that you will value, that you'll feel fulfilled by if you are in a place of not being authentic. I love it, I love it, that's fantastic. So Tracy, who, who for anybody listening today, I know that you have a group coaching program that's on your website or, or, or that they can find out about through going to your website, which we'll hyperlink here. But who is somebody, like it would tell me what your, your customers may be sitting there saying to themselves, people that need to hire you, people that, that you were put here on this planet to help. What are they thinking? What are they doing? What are the, the signposts to direct them to say, you know what? I need Tracy's work. Okay. So the biggest thing is if you find that you spend all your time in your head playing back and forth, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, and then you stay stuck. That basically is something that most of my clients come with. There is a complete aversion to feeling one's feelings. There is a way that they live where they're constantly strategizing mentally what they're going to do next. I get a lot of type A's. I get a lot of people who avoid so in terms of they'll just, they'll be in their head living their life and yet nothing ever comes out how they want it to, even if it looks okay to others, they're not feeling okay with it. And so it's like they're stuck in this loop, like Groundhog's Day over and over and over again. And those are my people. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If you are playing this mental ping pong with should and shouldn't, or if uh, nothing seems to be fulfilling you or getting you to the, to the promised land, or uh, no matter how it looks on the outside, you, you're kind of devoid of feeling or you're using escape routes, right? Uh, then Tracy's work is for you. And that is, she was put here to help you navigate that. You can find her at tracycrossley.com. I'll hyperlink that in the, in the show info. Tracy, anything else? It's been an absolute pleasure. I've, I've taken, I don't normally take notes when our guests are on the show, but I've taken two pages of notes here. I think I've got some work to do. I'm also going to pick back up the science of getting rich. It's been a couple of years. So I'm going to pick it back up. Uh, anything, anything you want to leave our viewers and listeners with? Yes, that if you trust life, life will deliver. You have to believe in yourself as well. Okay. So it goes hand in hand. Trust yourself, trust life. Everything comes to you. I promise. I love it. If you trust yourself and trust life, it will deliver. What? Ooh, that gives me chills. I love it. Tracy, <laughs> thank you so incredibly much for being here. I know you've got to jet off to another interview. You're like interview lady today. So we appreciate your time. 
for being yeah. here and uh, we'll, we'll hyperlink your website here so everybody can find out about your amazing work. I am Kendrick show. This has been the Kendrick show show and I believe in you and your business. Your customers are out there waiting on you. They need you go out there and change the world.